started i'm ready i want to talk about this movie i don't have a lot of once again i don't have a lot of facts but i have a lot of feelings <laughs> i was gonna say i pulled up i have a lot of behind the scenes stuff for this one too okay I not got as so much as no feelings. but well that's okay that was a longer episode i have all the feelings inside and written down <laughs> <laughs> okay Today, we're talking about the most horrifying topic of all, <laughs> the housing market. <laughs> it's true. Hi, welcome to Monster Masquerade. I'm a very sleepy fae. And I'm mint. I'm averagely sleepy. <laughs> the, the average amount of tired. Yes. It hasn't been too long since we recorded, but... No, not The crazy, month of September though. was not was not great for me and my household. This is very topical. Yeah, we ended up moving twice because the first place that we moved to uh, maybe did some false advertising and wasn't super healthy or safe. Uh, so we're moved into a much nicer place, but I didn't have a desk for like a week and a half. So <laughs> I had to wait for that too. No recording off cardboard boxes for Faye. I'm like an Animal Crossing character. It's yeah. me, Raymond. I'm here to do my stonks on cardboard. This is my sloppy furniture. <laughs> it's actually an aesthetic choice. <laughs> yes, for sure. Me when I don't hang up my clothes. That's <laughs> <laughs> for the aesthetic. Welcome to the month of Halloween. Halloween month. Wow. Yay. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. uh, we've already talked about this. We're probably not going to do weekly releases this month because there's been a lot going on, but it does not diminish our passion for the holiday. <laughs> it's true. I'm very excited. We're both yeah. going as various ghost faces. We got <laughs> to get a picture together because that's cute. <laughs> uh-huh. It'll be so good. So, yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening this month, mm -hmm. both in terms of, like, stuff that we are doing and also just, like, it's going to be a big month of releases. Yeah, oh my God, so many. I can't even keep track of all of them. I'm most excited. Oh, wait. What are you most excited for this uh, Halloween season? Uh, Hellraiser came out today, not yeah. to date that, the, the episode, but I'm very excited to watch that. Uh, Hellraiser is a very like classically queer story because mm -hmm. Clive Barker was an openly gay man who wrote and... Uh, who wrote the short story and directed the first movie, I think. I heard there's not a lot of butts in it. That's the only spoiler I've seen, that there's mm. not enough butts. <laughs> that, will, could just be, that could just be somebody being silly. I've I'll, been make a, I'll make a special note. <laughs> I'll bring my, my Monster Masquerade notebook and just keep a tally of every butt there is. Okay, yeah, good call, good call. But I'm also very excited. There's a new Christopher Landon project coming out. I think it's called like the Midnight Club, something Ooh. like that. It's like, um, it's kind of like scary stories to tell in the dark, but in his style. So he did like Haunting of Hill House and yeah, uh, yeah. Midnight Mass. I, 
what is the name of that? I'm gonna look that up because I. He likes midnight. Well, that's he like does. I'm. I'm excited for the kind of scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, Gamble Toro, like more adult series he's doing, is coming out at the end of this month. It's yeah. uh, Gamble Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. I'm very excited for that. That also looks very good. That and Wendell and Wild, because I love Jordan Peele. I, that's no secret. And I love mm. stop motion. That is a, not a big secret at all. <laughs> and we're talking about stop motion today. So, <laughs> Wait, did I say Christopher Landon? Yes. That's the guy who did Freaky. That's not right. Flanagan, oh, Mike I just, Flanagan. I just oh my gosh. believed you. I just believed you. Oh my God. <laughs> Preemptive uh, correction cafe. I do like Christopher Landon, but he's, you know what it was? Hmm. Christopher Landon shared a tweet of of a trailer for the new Mike Flanagan oh. thing. That's what it. That's why I've got those wires crossed. Yes, it is called the Midnight Club. I'm glad you're not a uh, girl boss gatekeep gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> I said that at work the other day, and none of my coworkers knew what it was. None of them, <laughs> and I felt like a big old weirdo. I was like, no, it's chronically not. online. It's a saying. I swear. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of exciting things. We're probably going to watch Halloween ends uh, <laughs> at the drive-in and be very angry about it. I'm um, going to cry. You bring my tissues. <laughs> I hope they both die at this point. Like, just kill them both. That's how I wanted the the first of this series to, the first of this new trilogy, trilogy to end. I wanted Michael and Lori to like both beef it at the end oh, of it. Oh, they could die holding hands. <laughs> best friends till the end yeah no i i'm not i don't know i'm very apprehensive about that one I'm but excited my friend was like how are you not excited it's not even out yet and i was like have you have you watched the trailer <laughs> have you seen it hello it looks, it looks bad i guess i should let people enjoy things i guess maybe mm, we'll know. see <laughs> It depends. If it's got a messy, like, like cultural commentary, I think we're allowed to dunk on yeah. it as much as we want to. Yeah, well, I'm still going to dunk on it. People can like whatever <laughs> they want, and I can tell them that I disagree. <laughs> so that's where we're standing. I don't yes. have high hopes for you, Michael, but no. we'll oh, see Michael. what you're up to. What have they done to you, my boy? <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're hitting our tangents early. That, that we, makes me happy. It's like a we're you know <laughs> <laughs> It's like um like beginning of Halloween season rant. Yeah. Yeah, About we're getting getting into stuff. it. Also off topic, did you see that there's gonna be a David Harbour like murder Santa movie? No. He plays Santa Claus and there's like a, a a billionaire family whose house gets broken into by John Leguizamo, um, <laughs> and okay. the little girl in the family uh, essentially prays to Santa that they can make it out alive on Christmas Eve, and so David Harbor shows up and he's doing his uh, big burly drunk dad thing the entire thing, and it's like John Wick but Santa. Okay, I'm interested. I don't think anything will top Krampus for me as far as holiday <laughs> horror goes, but I don't even know if it I don't think it counts as horror, but I just I just had to bring it up because I watched the trailer for it and it oh, seems very silly. That. But speaking of upcoming horror, whatever happened to that atrocious looking Winnie the Pooh film? Is that a I think it's thing still slated still? to come out. Oh I'm pretty God. sure. I don't I, know when, but I yeah, hope. it's definitely coming out. I 
why? And speaking of coming out, congratulations, Velma Dinkley. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all knew. We all knew. Everyone knew. Uh, Velma's been trending lately because she has a crush on a woman in the new Scooby-Doo movie that's coming out. And it's very cute. It made it's me really happy it's really watching cute. it. And I, I think somebody, I saw a tweet or something where they were like, well, that's why in um, Mystery Incorporated, her relationship with Shaggy is so awkward because it's like unnatural for her. And like it was intentional. So. They've tried to make Velma gay so many times and every time the studio has been like, hmm, maybe they cast, not. They cast Haley Kiyoko as her like, come on, <laughs> come on. Because <laughs> like, I think we talked about it in that episode, but like James Gunn wanted, the, wanted his Scooby-Doo movie to be very gay. Yeah. Let Scooby-Doo be gay. <laughs> well, maybe not it's Scooby very... himself. He's a dog. He can if he wants to. He can, he but, can, but do dogs But it's very cute. I don't know if you have Googled Velma. Do, do that right now on your phone. Just Google Velma okay. Dinkley. Okay. This is a fun play along at home segment. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that when is you... so cool. When you search for Velma Dinkley on Google right now, um, a bunch of rainbows and lesbian pride flags like rain down on the screen. It's super good. That makes me happy. It's so cute. It, it, I am, I'm thriving this Halloween season. Yeah, what a good Halloween season. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so to kick us off for the Halloween season... Uh, we are going to watch, or we're going to watch it. We're, we're going to watch, watch it right, right now. now. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about Netflix's The House, which came out in 2022. It is a stop motion anthology movie that's mm -hmm. broken up into three separate stories that all take place in the titular house. It's very good. I watched this on a whim. Like I was laying mm -hmm. in bed. And I was just doing that thing where you scroll through Netflix. And then I saw stop motion and I was like, oh. And then I saw um, dark comedy. And I was mm -hmm. like, I think I've watched the trailer for this before, but I don't know. And then I just watched it. And I was like, this is not a dark comedy. I guess maybe. And I was like, we could definitely cover this, though, because it is very scary at times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had watched part of it. Um Admittedly, I was very drunk when I first <laughs> tried to watch this. Um, oh, and no. so I got I got through partway of the first story. And then there was the part where they're like getting dressed by the, the British man mm -hmm. in their like cushions and stuff. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't think I can. I don't, I'm not in the right Yeah, mind that's space not really a good like I'm drinking movie, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you got to be completely sober with a glass of water. Because the first one is so serious that it was just like. Yeah, it is. It's not. This is not the time. Um, <laughs> but then you were like, oh, I really liked it. So I watched it. And then I watched it again this past, uh, the it's other really day. Good. It's really good. So that I can remember it. Did you like it? I did like it. I like, I like the stories in differing amounts. Mm -hmm. I'll say that right at the top. I think mm -hmm. the first part is my favorite because it's got some some real good fairy tale, creepy, like ambiguous ending type thing going on. With I it. love the first one a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. And the third one I like too. The second one is good, but I cannot, I don't know why. 
It grosses me out so much. I cannot watch it. <laughs> and we'll discuss crawly. it when we get there. We'll, we'll discuss it when we get to it more in depth. But I have personal life thoughts, I think, that like relate to it. And I'm just like, oh. I think the second one is mostly where the like dry, dark comedy oh, comes yeah. from. Definitely. Because the first one's kind of horrific. And then the third one is just kind of sad until the end. It is sad. <laughs> that one is sad. But yeah. Like I, like I said, this is three stories with three different directors. So you have, these are all very like European names. So I, I don't know. two of them are Swedish. Okay. So you have Emma Desweif Siegel, Nikki Lindroth von Baer, and Paloma Beza. So it's developed on a, with a focus on telling independent stories uh, and art styles, but still having like a thing a thread that connects them Mm -hmm. and so they decided to use the environment as that thread i think that was really smart because you're not watching it being like how was the house connected but like you just kind of know you know like you're just like yeah yeah especially because it shifts so wildly like the first one has humans and then the rest of them are like anthropologic wait what is that word (laughs) anthropomorphic Anthropomorphic, yes, not anthropologic. <laughs> <laughs> not the study of anthropology. Anthropomorphic <laughs> animals and stuff. And the third one in particular feels very like uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I love it so much because I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. So some of the themes that this movie, this anthology touches on are uh, greed and excess, hubris and community um so it's very so it's very interesting would you like to hear some pre-production stuff i would love to so this series i'm pretty sure was developed like during the pandemic yeah i think i read about that actually yeah it's been a little bit since i have done the actual research so i might be like missing a detail or two but each chapter took about 20 weeks to produce and was done almost entirely with practical effects. So stop motion is very laborious, I think, as we talked about in our Coraline episode. Um, So they had to they had to do that three times for this. Um, And they also had to make sure that there was some slight visual and thematic consistency. So there was a lot of collaboration between both like the directors and uh, Edna Walsh, who like revised the outlines that they provided and then turned it into screenplays that had a consistent tone across the three stories. So like so much work. Yeah. Yeah. These are three original stories, but they're very much like held together by this one person, which I think is very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Who had a very active hand in in maintaining like those themes. Um, yeah, that is very cool. Yeah, they were produced in these giant warehouses that were provided by McKinnon and Saunders, who produced Fantastic Mr. Fox and The Corpse oh. Bride. And they also had a hand in doing some additional character design throughout production. Well, that makes sense. And then the art director was Alexandra Walker. And so she made sure, because it's the same house, it has pretty much the same layout, like throughout the entire thing some things change but like the staircase there are some visual elements to the house that like remain consistent throughout all three stories Mm -hmm. especially that front like entryway 
yeah. very recognizable. Mm-hmm. So Alexander Walker was pretty much in charge of like making sure that like, okay, this is consistent enough that we can proceed or, you know, we need to change details here uh, to make it more uh, realistic. One thing that they also had to consider in the production of this was the scale of the models and the house itself. Because like the first one, there's not very complex movement. It's very felt, felty. Mm-hmm. It is very felt. Yeah. But then the third one with the talking, uh, walking cats, which is the most fantastic Mr. Fox, I think, <laughs> had the biggest like models and house. That makes sense because there's a lot going on in that one. And you see the outside of the house the most, I feel like, mm-hmm. in that one, like the full shot of it. Yeah. So like the the main things that they focused on with like the architecture of the house is the uh, windows and the stairs. So those were like the two elements that like what sold it essentially, because like it's it's hard to move. It's hard <laughs> to move those in a real building. Yeah. So I think that makes sense. That's really cool. Stop motion yeah. is so fascinating to me. I don't have the patience or the, like, my hands are also too shaky, so I could <laughs> never, but. No, I could not imagine working on something for 20 weeks like that. Yeah. Especially, I think my wrists would just fall off. Yeah, it's like a huge <laughs> chunk of your life, and you're just like, it's really strenuous. But it's worth it. I love stop motion. Everyone who works on stop motion, I love you. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just very interesting. And then I had the, uh, I was looking it up because the music in this in this movie is also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's by an Argentinian composer named Gustavo Santolacho. Um, So he's a composer and he did music for a lot of Jorge Gutierrez works. So like the Book of Life, Maya and the Three. Oh. Jorge Gutierrez is, is like one of my favorite Mexican directors. Like yeah. he did El Tigre and a whole bunch of like everything he does. I'm just like so good. in love with. So it was very cool. Like finding that connection too. That is cool. We could honestly do like a whole segment on Argentinian horror. Cause like the horror community in Argentina, I tend to gravitate towards it. Like Argentinian horror games. Um, there's that stop motion film, La Casa Lobo that I'm obsessed with that. I don't know if we could cover cause it'd be really heavy. It'd be a very heavy mm. episode, but like, Argentinian horror is just so cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. It's very neat. Or it's I'm, I'm it's... wrong. I, I just misspoke. Correction cafe time. <laughs> I'm thinking Chilean horror, but I do uh, also love Argentinian horror. They make, um, oh, the Kirlian Project on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, an Argentinian yeah. horror uh, short series, and it's very, very good. So Argentina, South American horror. I love it. There we go. I was going to say, I have not gotten super into like much Hispanic or Latin horror aside from like uh, La Llorona. Yeah. And like the, you know, the monsters, like the Chupacabra and stuff. <laughs> so I would be very interested in like doing a deep dive into yes. like some of the, the projects want, that come from there. I want to dive more into like Brazilian horror because all mm. I really know is the Brazilian gaming horror community. I don't really know much about like the horror movie community that'd be interesting mm-hmm. but anyway the house <laughs> <laughs> the house are we ready to talk about the first i'm so ready i'm so ready 
It's broken up into three chapters. The first is called, And Heard Within, A Lie is Spun. Even from the titles, there's something like very over the garden wall about this movie yeah. too. It's like, Mint, watch me. Watch me. You will <laughs> enjoy <calling> this. <laughs> but it is about a young girl named Mabel who's played by Mia Goth. Yeah. Side note, I want to watch every Mia Goth movie because Same. X and Pearl look and sound incredible and I can't wait to dive into those too. Yeah, I love Mia Goth. But she plays uh, Mabel, uh, who's a young British girl uh, who lives with her younger sister and her two parents. Her dad is kind of a loser and gets bullied by his family uh, because his dad, like, I guess, squandered all of their riches. And so he's just like very stressed all the time. Yeah. Um, and they get an opportunity to move into a house, a large mansion for free uh, that is mm -hmm. being built by uh, a an architect named Mr. Van Schoenbeek. Yeah, whenever the dad meets him in like a weird, what's that thing called? Palakin? Is it a palakin he's in? A palanquin? Palanquin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whenever he meets him in that in the middle of the night and it's like, you have to sign here. I was like, oh no, sir, please, please don't do that. I was surprised he didn't show up like in the other stories. Yeah, I, I was expecting that also, like the, that to like tie in, but it was just the house. Because there's some like weird cutaways throughout this first one, especially once things start like going bad, where he is like, in a dark room and he's just like laughing to himself and he has these bright yellow glowing eyes and it's like are you yeah. a devil like what's yeah, happening here yeah, what's going on here what's what's this guy's deal yeah did you notice that the house is the exact same as uh mabel's dollhouse oh i didn't and the dolls she's playing with at the beginning of the movie uh, at the beginning of the chapter, are two rats, a squat <gasps> wide one and a tall skinny one. <gasps> no. So it ties into the second chapter. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all. Oh, fuck those rats. I don't, <laughs> don't like them. I love rats. Not those ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's really cool. I did not notice that. Now I'm like, oh, I need to rewatch this. I, I want to make him snow watch it with me. But he doesn't really do horror anyway, so I think that when he got to the part where things take a turn, even in the first part here, he would be like, uh-uh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he would be like, nope. These first two chapters have a very, like, big Courage the Cowardly Dog vibe. <gasps> yes! I was thinking the same thing, especially this first one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what... That's what mostly got me through the the bugs in the second one especially remind me of like the creepy characters like the the smooth talkers encourage the cowardly nothing dog. encouraged me to feel as gross out as the second part of this <laughs> though like i will talk about it anyway in this mm. one they move into this house that he like signed his life away basically and they were like you have to use all of our stuff and that is the only condition basically mm -hmm. the second they get in this house i was like oh no 
like shit is going down. <laughs> they like get really nice fancy clothes and like she can sew these beautiful curtains and she's like, I love sewing curtains, which is what? Hmm? Right. Yeah, the dad <laughs> like buys into it immediately and, and it's like, this is a, a symbol of our status now. Mm-hmm. Like he is obsessed with the visuals. They have like gas powered lighting in the house. Um, which they're very fascinated by. I'm assuming it's gas powered because when the light bulbs come on, they like smell. Yeah, they do. Yeah, the thingy. And and then there's the part where they're like eating dinner and uh, Mabel is like, where does this food come from? And the dad is just like, oh, I guess our servants. It's like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Mabel the whole time is like, I don't like this. Yeah, she's very suspicious of it all, like rightfully so. Um, the dad is a little bit of an alcoholic, um, which seems to be a trait that he inherited from his father. And it seems like a great point of shame. And so like having this house definitely like soothes that to an extent, but it's not like really dealing with the issues that he is facing with, like pretty obviously. Yeah, this has a lot to do with like, like you said, like not facing your problems head on and Mm -hmm. just kind of hiding under status and everything appearing to be okay this one felt very american even though it's not like they're british in this one right it felt like oh look at how perfect our family is like look at how well off we are but they like don't leave the Mm -hmm. house i also i kind of wish that the the ants and the people from the beginning of the 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 chapter like would have come back and something terrible happened to them as well because yeah they're kind of just there to like exposition dump like, oh, your father was a terrible person and he's always complaining about stuff. He was a moper or he whatever. And then, they just... <laughs> and then they just like disappear. It's like, oh, OK, <laughs> cool. Thanks. Mabel is like very suspect of the house um, and because it like continues to go under construction even while they are living in it like. At, at the architect's whim, like he takes out the stairs and so they're trying to get around and they're like, how do we get downstairs? And then the guy who is like the middleman for uh, the architect, his name is Mr. Thomas. He's like, oh, there's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a means of transit through the library. And it's just like a ladder that is put in the middle of a hole yeah. in the floor. And there's always these weird people like doing construction and they just stare. Mm-hmm. they're creepy yeah it's real it's real bad and uh, it gets to the point where the parents start to neglect the children and mabel is like trying to figure out how to take care of her sister and then they get (laughs) the part where they are dressed up uh in like these huge clothing uh (laughs) pieces reminds me of that scene in shrek 2 where they're trying to dress fancy oh yeah i guess that part (laughs) is kind of like dark comedy because mm-hmm. then Mabel is like, you look ridiculous. And they get so mad. But like, yeah, they like, do apologize look now. Eventually, um, Mabel and Isabel, uh, the baby sister, get lost in the house because it keeps like changing. They've got like a lantern. Yeah. And they're both hungry and like trying to find their parents and trying to find a way out. And they find uh, Mr. Thomas. Uh, who's like crying in the corner so in a room. And then he reveals that he's just an actor 
and he was paid to like lure them into the house. So wild. So scary. Like genuinely scary. He's like crying. Yeah, he's very upset. I think he probably dies in the house. Yeah, oh yeah. He definitely does. Then the, the, the papa the is papa. like burning their furniture from the old house for some reason. I oh, guess yeah. just to like He loves the it. fire. He's like obsessed with the fire. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to remove any trace of their previous lives. So like he burns his favorite chair and Mabel's dollhouse. And that's very sad and obviously very symbolic of the current situation that they are in. Um, and then finally, Mabel and Isabel get downstairs and they see that their parents have turned into furniture. Uh, mm. This was big Courage the Cowardly Dog vibes. It I was. think there's an episode where they go to an island and get turned into furniture. I think so, yeah. It it, it was, this part was very courage. <laughs> and the fire and like, mm. yeah. And so the dad gets turned into his chair and the mom gets turned into curtains because she's been sewing the entire time. And it used to be like a thing. Uh, there's like a very sweet scene at the very, or at the a sweet moment at the beginning where they're talking to the ants and Mabel is like, oh, my mom made my clothes and I really like them. Like, she's a great seamstress. Yeah. And the family members are just like, huh, can't even buy your own clothes. Yeah, but Mabel loves it. Yeah. It's so sad. And so uh, the fire starts to like get out of control from the fireplace and the house starts to burn down. So the furniture parents tell them to run away um, and they climb out of a window and escape. Yeah, I think she uses her mom's like curtain, doesn't she? Yeah. Like get Mm -hmm. out. And so they they wander off into the distance watching their house burn down Uh, and it's kind of uncertain like what comes for them next it's really sad because they're like stuck out in the wilderness and their mom and dad are for sure dead or furniture and dead Uh so that's pretty bleak this first chapter is so very like sad and unsettling and i think it does the best with like working with the tone that these filmmakers were going for yeah it it definitely does they they all have such different feelings to me i think the first and the third have the same kind of like sadness the second Mm -hmm. one is not i mean it's sad but in a different way Mm -hmm. so now Uh, we can talk about the second one now we get into the gross one i don't like this i oh that's bad i like this one i do like it it's weird. It's something where, like, if somebody was like, I want to watch something kind of weird, disturbing, kind of, I would probably show them this. But I think the problem with chapter two is that it is the most drawn out, like, with its pacing and the most, like, immediately obvious, like, what is going to happen at the end. I didn't know that that was going to happen, like, exactly. Thing. I had a feeling because because at this point we have shifted and we're starting to get like vaguely uh, fantastic Mr. Fox ish. Yeah. And so our lead character is a is a rat man uh, who buys the house and he is trying to uh, renovate it so he can sell it and make a ton of money. But he is very cheap 
and trying to do things the quick and easy way. So like he fires all of his contractors to save money and he's refusing to listen to anybody who is telling him that like, oh, this might not be a great idea. It's very clearly like he is in over his head, but he's like, if I can just sell this house, like everything will be okay for me. Um, Yeah, he's like delusional. (laughs) Yeah. But it's very landlord of him. He's very landlord. (laughs) Like very early on in in this chapter, uh, we find out that the house is like infested with a bunch of fur beetles and like gross wormy guys. And so he uses a ton of bug poison to like Mm. try and get rid of them to no avail. So I, I, my immediate... my immediate thought upon seeing like the first time he tried to treat them as a like, oh, he's going to like, you know, accidentally poison himself. And oh, yeah, I did, I did know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also an important thing at the beginning is that he's like always talking on the phone to like his, we assume, significant other. And they're, mm-hmm. like, arguing. And he's like, no, I love you. And they're like, don't say that, blah, 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 you know. And mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm like, they're fighting because of this. And then we'll find out later that that is not true. Right. <laughs> like, it's supposed to, you're supposed to think that, like, he has probably done this before where he's taken up projects that just, like, went nowhere. Yeah. Uh, my dad does that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's believable. Like, <laughs> like he bought... <laughs> He's bought at least like two boats that he's I was gonna like, say boats. <laughs> I'm gonna fix this and then we're gonna have a great time out on the lake. And then it's like mm-hmm. boat parts are expensive. And oh. also I'm tired on the weekend, so I don't know if I'm gonna fix this boat. Let me just sell this. I think one of them he traded for his uh his smoker, like his barbecue smoker, which he oh, does that's use. That's a good investment. That's a good investment. So that's good. Um but yeah, that, that part was a little relatable where it's just like, <laughs> are you sure you're going to work on this? Like, are you positive it's going to be okay? He's even like, we're going to go on a big vacation after this. It's going to be mm-hmm. great. Um, and then he does the open house. And the yeah. house looks nice, but it is not. Yeah, everything is bad. He doesn't have food because the DoorDash people got his order wrong, I guess. So all yes. he has is ramen. Like ramen noodles uh. and like junk food he's like there is supposed to be champagne and crudite and i have <laughs> none of that yeah. um and then that there's also great. like a very bratty ch- rat child running around the house like destroying yeah. everything they're throwing like ice cream everywhere it's so stressful it does a good job of that this, yeah. this stresses me out a lot because it's just it, like that's the best way to describe it is stress that whole <laughs> scene i was like uh and then these two rats one is very tall. One is very wide. They're like, we're interested in the house. <laughs> I, I don't know why they're Jason Funderburg. in your house. I hated them. I <laughs> did not like them. They sounded like they smoke like six packs of cigarettes in an hour. <laughs> I that, That's the smell that I got from uh-huh. you know, people who smoke in their house. Right. That's the smell that I imagine emanates from them. And I just can't. Because the open house is a disaster. Like, obviously, nobody wants to buy it because 
they see the bugs and also like at one point <laughs> he starts a strobe effect because he drops his phone and the the lights are changing colors a whole bunch and so also funny. he's got two hot dogs on the rotisserie oven and they just fall apart uh and it's just like not it's like one of those things i've heard that people do this where they just go to open houses like just to look around and enjoy the snacks mm-hmm I don't really like know anybody who has done that, but that's the sense I get from the people like visiting this house too. Yeah, they just like, wanted the snack. Yeah, like he's talking about like uh, the kitchen, and it's like I call this kitchen like uh, the world, whatever, because he's like the granite is from Italy and the floor mm-hmm. is from Egypt, and yeah. Like, very clearly trying to his best to sell this, and just, like, nobody's interested in it. And then these two creepy people are like, no, we want the house. We're, we're very interested. Um, and then they essentially, like, start to live there. Yeah, they're like, show us the bedroom. And then they close the door and go to bed. And he's like, uh. Um, like, <laughs> I feel like this kind of shit would happen to me. Uh, like, that would just happen to me. I'm be like, I live here now, and I'd be like, um. That part did make me laugh because they like open the door and they're in pajamas, and then yeah. the tall one is like, "Could we trouble you for two cups of tea?" Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I guess." Like <laughs> he just makes he's been tea. he's been like sleeping in the basement. Um, so yeah, he really wants they, to sell this house. Mm-hmm. So they stay there for I think like a couple of days, and he just like kind of. Mm-hmm tolerates it because he's like i need this money they're like Uh, watching tv like ordering food to the house he's like mm -hmm. what the heck then he snaps (laughs) and then he's like okay y'all can't stay here anymore and so he calls the cops and he's Mm -hmm. like there's been a break-in well i mean without the breaking in they came Mm -hmm. in and then they just refused to leave and the cops Um, are there like instantly because they're not (laughs) there for that (laughs) because the person he's been talking to on the phone and calling darling and sweetheart is his dentist for for some reason. (laughs) And so the dentist has called the cops on him and been like, Hey, this dude is clearly like stalking me and won't leave me alone. And so the cops show up and he's like, Oh good. You're here to help. And they're like, um, actually, if you call your dentist again, like, we're gonna have to he's gonna file a restraining order like you need to stop this yeah it, that part was so funny i was like oh my god it was not his wife it was his dentist it's <laughs> so funny it's very random too i didn't like i didn't see that part coming at no, all no that was great i that's probably my favorite part of that one the, the the bugs have also shown up like there's a whole bunch of them like as the couple are staying it's like they're attracting them and then they invite their family over. I think that's what the final straw was. They invite their family yeah. over and there's just a bunch of people. And he's like, they're never leaving. Like, yeah. Um, and so he tries to, he tries to kill, I think them and all the bugs using the poison. The poison. But then he like accidentally inhales it and gets transported to the hospital. And then the, the two, the two rats come to fetch him and bring him home mm. and the the family they've hung up a banner that says welcome home and they are clapping and it's sweet it's sweet for like a second <laughs> it's kind of like oh well okay but but then 
But then he's like, he's, he's lost his mind because of the poison, I guess. I guess it's like mercury poisoning kind of like he is unresponsive. They just kind of like push him around and he just kind of follows them. They all turn into rat bugs. They turn into rat bugs. And then there's a musical number where the bugs are dancing. Yeah. And the rat bugs and he lives in a hole and they're all. (laughs) Crawling around like rat bugs, making these awful like ASMR eating sounds. He's he's gone I, feral. He's gone totally feral, and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. I think the reason this one grossed me out so much. Here's my story time. When I was younger, we moved into a house. Before we could move into the house, they had to get rid of the roaches because the people who lived there before us had a pet goose that had died. And they just left its dead body in the garage. Goose? Goose! A goose! They dressed it up in little outfits. And it died. And they left it in the garage. What and the, then heck? the house was infested with like bugs just everywhere. And it's so nasty. <laughs> that was part of the problem with the apartment that we moved into. And yeah. we were like, we're not going to deal with this. No. I don't know if I told you this story or not. Kind of, it's, just, it's just general. I'm gonna put a content warning. Uh, probably maybe at the beginning of this. There's a whole oh, lot yeah. of bugs in this. Yeah, content warning: bugs, bugs. and rat bugs. Uh, the, <laughs> the second time I tried cooking in that apartment that I was at, I was making breakfast and I had sausage that was cooking, and a bug fell from the ceiling, landed <laughs> in my hair. And then it no. bounced off of my head and landed in the pan. No, I would have just cried. I was I, I was just, very I upset. I was like, I'm just trying. <laughs> I need to eat food. Like I can't do this. I would have cried. I would have cried. Luckily, the place we moved into, they actually like took care of it, and there there were literally no bugs. But I was always scared because mm-hmm. I saw the beforehand, and they were everywhere. Yeah. I, I can't imagine like it's so gross the the dancing scene is one of the like two parts that they had to use some cgi because it's like it's very <laughs> intensive and like kind of trippy yeah. um that scene felt like um corpse bride yeah it did yeah it did that scene was very corpse bride definitely got those influences in it mm-hmm. like the part where they're like going down to the like underworld area mm-hmm. it's very similar to that i liked the dancing scene that was fine the bugs are fine the rats are fine the audio the, rat bugs, <laughs> the sound design is a nightmare sound design nightmare rat bugs nightmare don't like the rat bugs i don't know what about them is just too much for my little brain mm-hmm. but, but no that's and the sounds are like <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad uh, that's chapter two that one will make you itchy the house so gets trashed in between the yeah. events of chapter two and chapter three the world floods and gets yep. taken over by cat people this one is sad but i like this one a lot it it feels the most <sighs> I think I don't know. It kind of feels out of place with the other two because like the issues that they're dealing with feel much more relevant, I guess. Yeah, the horror of it all is more realistic. The horror is just like real life. 
Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't I don't even know if there's like a horror theme to this third one per se. Mm-hmm. It, it mostly just, it just deals with like grief and like yeah moving on and fear of abandonment that's horrific to some people abandonment is one of my biggest fears yeah <laughs> it's time to get real with me <laughs> <laughs> but no like uh it's not scary in the same sense but it's also the story of a landlord so who gives a fuck I like this <laughs> landlord. I like her. And that the cat that she like had a crush on, but she didn't know she had a crush on him. I don't know. This one just it is mm. very fantastic, Mr. Fox. Yeah. And I think that's why I like it. And it's a nice like contrast to the one that you just watched with the bugs. Yeah. I, it's, so it's, like, it's the oh. it's the palate cleanser after the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, it's really nice. It's fair. nice. Um, so yeah, it's the same house except that the surrounding area has essentially become like a swamp where the water is like creeping closer every day. Mm-hmm. The house used to have a whole bunch of te- tenants, but as the waters came closer and the house started falling apart, they moved out. And so there are only three residents left. You have Rosa, the landlord. Um, you have Jen, who is played by Helena Bonham Carter. She is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. It's the, huh. it's the most Helena. I don't know. I just recognized the voice and I was like, yep, yep, that's her. That's definitely her. Huh, I didn't even like put two and two together. I was so like into the story in this one that I actually didn't look up the voice cast for once. <laughs> and then you have Elias, who is a fisher cat, a lazy fisher I love, cat. I love Elias. He's very good. Um, I love him. So Rose's hope is that she can repair the house, attract a whole bunch of tenants, and then eventually move them out so she can have the house to herself and <laughs> yeah. it'll be perfect. But she can't do that because her two current tenants don't pay rent in a typical fashion. Elias just gives her a fish every month. It's very cute watching him fish. So cute. Because he just like sits on the dock and then he's he like paws it out of the water. It's good. It's very good. It's really cute. I like it. She's like, you can't pay with fish. <laughs> and he's always just like, um... And then he closes the door. Like he <laughs> and then Jen is very into crystals and, like, that that vibe. Yeah. She would shop Earthbound for sure. She would. I forgot that was a store that existed. Yeah. it's. I think it's only available in, like, shopping malls. Yeah. That's so funny. But she would. She would shop there. Mm-hmm. So... Part of the reason why she can't uh, repair the house is because one, she doesn't know how, and two, the water she is using is like unsanitary because it is all like muck from the surrounding Mm -hmm. swamp area. Yeah, they're not doing so great there. So she's kind of at her wits end with the house and like, but she doesn't want to leave because it's very obviously important to her. I can't remember if it was like her family lived there or she just like... Moved. I think it was her family house. Mm, mm. So she was just like, I don't want to leave. And that's like the big theme of this one is kind of like moving on. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to move on. You can't just like stay here and bring everyone else down with you. Mm-hmm. Like you need to let them go. And you let yourself go and like live a better life. I don't know. This one is really sweet. This one is like, I guess it isn't the same kind of message as the others. Mm-hmm. But I like this one. I think the thing that ruins it for me is Cosmos. I don't oh like him. Uh, Jen invites <laughs> her 
spirit partner Cosmos, who is just like a wandering, crunchy dude. Uh, yeah, you'd meet him at a music festival, and he'd be super like on drugs, uh, and he would be telling you like nonsense about the universe, and you'd be like, "Please leave me alone." Yeah, he he shows up, and he like immediately like you know Elias likes him because Elias is just a, a, a nice guy. He's just a nice guy. Oh, there's a part where Jen and Elias are like watching TV without Rosa, and yeah, she feels very sad. left out because like she doesn't want to have that relationship with them, but also she does. Yeah, she just wants to be able to like hang out with them as friends, but then she's like, "No, I'm too serious I'm, for that." I'm it's like, landlord. Oh, like it's so sad. Um, but yeah, Cosmos he shows up, and uh, Rosa is like, "So how long are you gonna stick around?" And he's like, oh, I can't answer that. It's all dependent on the winds. Like that, very much that type of thing. But Cosmos is a handyman. And so in exchange for like living there temporarily, um, he agrees to like do some repairs. Um, And so Rosa's like, yes, very cool. But then it's like quickly evident that the repairs he's doing aren't what Rosa wants, but it's like Not at all. to build a boat for Elias so he can get away. And that's very sad because he like leaves her a drawing and some notes and stuff. It's so sad. It's so sad. I, that part made me so sad. I was like, no, go to him. <laughs> <laughs> he like tears up all the floorboards and then uh, Rosa gets very angry at him and pretty much everybody is just like hey y'all you should leave like this place isn't healthy yeah like it's collapsing around you like right everything is gonna flood like i think i think uh jen says to like a certain effect like it's okay to want to like dwell on your memories and like keep those in your heart but you can't let that prevent you from like moving on Exactly. Um, the message is really nice for this one, I think. Mm-hmm. And so she gets very angry when Elias leaves, but then they like kind of call her out, or he call, he like calls her out on it while he's sailing away. Um, and then Jen and Cosmos leave as well, and so she is by herself, and it's very sad. It's sad. And then she gets drugged, I think. Yeah, she does drugs or gets drugged. She has like an experience. (laughs) Yeah, some kind of vision thing. And she realizes like, oh, no, I don't want to stay here. I actually cared about the people that I was living with, even though they drove me up a wall sometimes. Yeah. And so there's a moment where she's like, oh, no, it's too late. But Cosmos built a giant lever that turns the house into a boat i don't know the logistics of that one i i don't know a big sail comes out and the house kind of falls apart as she leaves it um but eventually she catches up with her friends and they're ready to sail on into paths unknown together it's very cute it is really cute that one ends very nicely it really is like the palate cleanser after the how depressing the first one is and then how just like uh disturbing the second one is Mm -hmm. i liked it i liked it all together it's a nice little 
package and it's animated beautifully they're and the cute. music is very nice. Yeah. They're, I I like it. They're very cute cat people. They are cute cat people. I give the house an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> Too creepy crawly. Get those bugs out of here. Get, get the rat bugs out of my face. The sounds, just the sounds. Mm-hmm. I was like in a call with Nisno. I was watching it, got to that one, and I was like, <laughs> he was like, what are you watching? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't like it. I guess but, I, I okay so i have a little bit of a question regarding the third okay do you think does rosa deserve to to like come back to the other cats because she's so mean to them throughout the entire thing i think she does i'm big on people deserving second chances and i would imagine it's a traumatic experience for her to like have her family presumably is dead mm-hmm. she's stuck with this house she's stuck with all the bills of the house she's stuck with all the tenants of the house Everything is flooding. She has no social skills. Like, I think she deserves the chance to Mm. be a better person. Obviously, they shouldn't immediately be like, everything's fine. But she definitely deserves a chance to, like, meet up with them and, like, start anew. Now you pay us rent, Rosa. Yeah. Because to be fair, they never paid rent anyway. (laughs) So, like, um... But no, I think she was mean because she was just trying to hold it all together and she couldn't even hold herself together. Mm-hmm. That's what I took away from it because I've been there. I'm like that kind of person that gets mean if like I can't control a situation. So she's a Virgo. <laughs> 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 but it's, yeah, yeah, I, I think she deserves to be with them. I think I think if they wanted to keep it like thematically consistent i think she would have sailed off and then it would have been like unclear whether or not she joins them again but they it would have been like very similar to the first one at least where they're just like i don't know i don't know what we do next (laughs) Uh, but this one at least there's like a little bit of hope so that's nice yeah because like where the heck are they sailing to that's the ambiguous part for me it's like do they just all live on boats now he can catch an episode of bob's burgers about that it's like a Mad Max parody, but they're all on boats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I like the house. I think it is interesting conceptually, and I'm fascinated with the behind-the-scenes stuff and the amount of work that goes into putting together a stop-motion movie. Yes, I'm glad you decided to watch it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I was like, you gotta watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Got to. I need to watch more random stuff on a whim. I've just been watching random stuff at night. Mm-hmm. I watched, um, this is off topic, but I watched Spree. Starring oh, Joe, uh, Joe Keery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually very good. I actually really liked oh. that too. I was surprised. I thought I would dislike it. I was like, there's no way I'll like this. No, I liked it. Joe Keery was amazing in it. Uh-huh. Disturbing and amazing. I liked it. Because <laughs> it's all about streamers. Yeah, well, and it's, like, based off of that one guy, the, like, main incel guy. Wait, is it based off a real person? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I did not know that. It was very... I like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds... It sounds neat. I, it's a, that one's on Shudder, right? Oh, uh, I watched it on Hulu, but it might also be on Shudder. Oh, okay. I need to check that one out. Yes, it's very gory. For anybody listening, it's very gory. Mm-hmm. 
So trigger warning. It's, <laughs> like, it's got a lot. It's got a lot going on. But yeah, that was the house. That was the house and others. Nice. It's the scary month. So we got a lot to talk about. We got well, there's so much we have to decide. Ghouls for Charity is running right now. Uh, it's a month-long charity event that we're both participating in. We're going to do a live episode about something. Don't know something. what yet, but we'll, yeah. pick, <laughs> we'll pick a topic. We I, we can brainstorm. Maybe I'll brainstorm tomorrow at work whenever it's dead. Yeah. We're, we're raising money collectively for Trans Lifeline. Yeah. You, you did your uh, VTuber model reveal. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's very it's so cute. good it's i love her so much the artist is also like so nice and so good so mm-hmm. i have their socials linked everywhere on my stuff if anyone happens to go by my stream or my twitter and looks at my model and it's like whoa i want something like that let's commission them they are very good and they have a <laughs> web comic <laughs> nice I think that's all that I have to plug right now. By the time this comes out, uh, I will have a crowd control Resident Evil 4 stream scheduled. Yay! That, that'll be a ton of fun. Spawn all of the... the <laughs> I was going to say Texas Chainsaw. Spawn all of the <laughs> chainsaw enemies. Leatherfaces everywhere. Murder me good. Yes. I don't have anything scheduled. I like am helping out. With the yeah. charity because I'm really bad at commitment. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. It happens. You know, us chronically ill people, you understand. Yeah. <laughs> We've already raised like $600 total. It's so, so cool. So it's that's so neat. Cool. It's a neat experience to be a part of. Yeah. Everyone go donate or support by being like, hello. Yes. All that good stuff. And we, I don't know what we're going to talk about in the next episode, but we'll figure it out then. Bye, something. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) You've been listening to Monster Masquerade. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet and consider sharing the show with a friend. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like to see us discuss, hop on over to our Patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that. And we'd super appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It's the fastest way to help the show grow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts.